everybody and welcome to the Mary Trump show live stream of today's January 6th select committee hearings. Uh, they are going to be focusing on the DOJ and Donald's attempts and the attempts of those of his supporters uh, who uh, to uh, manipulate the DOJ or to coerce people in the DOJ to do his bidding. Um, I'm, I don't know if I could say I'm looking forward to this. These have, these have been pretty draining, haven't they? Um, but I, I think this is a very crucial piece of the puzzle. So the more we hear about those manipulations, the better. Of course, this hearing is coming on the heels of another brutal morning, thanks to SCOTUS. Um, they basically eviscerated Miranda rights, which means that uh, the vast majority of people who don't know what their rights are when they get arrested uh, don't have to have them. But thank goodness, we have a recovering lawyer. Hi, Dean. Hi, I'm, I'm still, I'm a lawyer forever. I will sue somebody. If someone wants me to sue, <laughs> I'm available for a very small fee. Just follow me on Twitter. I'll file a lawsuit. So, I'm well, I think, Dean, after yesterday, after Tuesday, I think that the idea that everybody on the planet isn't suing Donald and Rudolph Giuliani and John Eastman is kind of beyond the pale. It, it is. Well, you've got, I think the, the reason that Shea Moss and her mother, Lady Ruby, didn't sue Donald Trump, just because of the difficulty of suing, he was president when he said it, but she right. has non-for-profit lawyers who are volunteering, essentially. So they filed the lawsuit against Giuliani, who filed a motion just a few weeks ago to dismiss. We'll see what happens there. But, yeah, the, those those two are the real heroes. Mike Pence, no hero. This is ridiculous, isn't it, Mary? This idea. It's like saying someone's a hero because they didn't join a bank robbery. It's like, oh, you didn't join the plot that robbed the bank. You're a hero. You're not a hero. Look, there is a commendableness. You can be commended for doing the right thing. Fine, but not yeah. a hero. I mean, I'm glad he did his job for once. That's lovely. But, Brunch. Dean, I think we... Uh, hi, Brian. Um, hey. hey. Just talking about um, Shea Moss and Lady Ruby and how, you know, Mike Pence did his job once. I'm glad, Again, I'm very glad he did it, but he doesn't have the guts to show up in front of the committee. And by the way, he was doing his job while surrounded by Secret Service agents. Hey, Jen, so good to have you. Um, and... You know, I, we don't have Dean for, for much time today, so I want to, and again, I know these things are separate, <laughs> but uh, for those of us lay people, um, I'm having s similar feelings vis-a-vis uh, -vis Supreme Court decisions and these hearings as I have with whether what DOJ is or is not doing vis-a-vis -vis Donald, because even though everything he's done in the past is irrelevant just personally to say idea that he has committed so many alleged crimes um, and has never been held accountable does increase, I think the country's sense of urgency that he be held accountable, but by what is by far one of his worst crimes. And same thing with SCOTUS and that has nothing to do with this committee. However, the fact that the Supreme court is taking trying to take this country back to 1860 i think 
increases the urgency um, of what this committee is trying to do and hopefully increases the pressure on Democrats and the Biden administration to do something. Am I just, is that just completely out of bounds? The urgency to charge Donald Trump builds by the minute because the, the level of criminality that we're seeing, the evidence we're seeing is very clear. And, you know, Merrick Garland is an institutionalist. We hear that all the time. Merrick Garland, institutionalist. I don't know if mm-hmm. Merrick Garland understands this. The very institutions he's trying to save, their credibility will be destroyed if he doesn't charge Donald Trump. Because mm-hmm. these institutions only have credibility because we view them as fair. And we view that the rule of law is no one is above it. doesn't matter Democrat nor Republican. So in the same week of Andrew Gillum charged for crimes in Florida, who was a Democrat, and we know Hunter Biden's being investigated, we want to hear Donald Trump being investigated. I will say, though, today, the breaking news right before we came on, I probably saw Jeffrey Clark, the Trump lawyer who was involved in this scheme we're going to hear more about today. His house yeah. was raided by the FBI yesterday. We'll find out more about what they were looking for. But So sad. Things are connected. Clearly, it's, it's connected. a big point. So, yeah. I, that's a huge point. I mean, everyone's been wondering, what's the Department of Justice doing? And the only thing we've heard prior to this was, we're listening. But they raided an apartment, right? They they pulled the Michael Cohen treatment. There is an impaneled grand jury somewhere, and they're all going to go down. That's what we hope, right? I mean, the whole idea. We know that it's confirmed there's a grand jury. There's no doubt. They subpoenaed more people yesterday, was the reporting, involving elector scheme. And today we're going to hear, you know, I was going through it all last night and this morning, all the stuff about, we're going to hear from Jeffrey Rosen, who was acting AG after Bill Barr, then Richard Donahue, one of the top people, it is Norm, and then Stephen Engel, who was a, a long-serving Trump justice official there. All of this, though, was to serve the John Eastman plan, the Trump Eastman plan about the elector scheme. It was all building to January 6th and giving a duplicate slate for Mike Pence to go, okay, I'm not going to, I'm going to say there's two slates and either I'm going to recognize only the, bio, the, the slates for Trump or I'm going to delay this and who knows what happens after that. So it's right. going to be interesting, but there is a whole other, this level of using the DOJ, they try to coup in the DOJ. I mean, that's what everyone should think when they hear it today. It was a coup attempt. They were trying to get rid of Jeffrey Rosen and replacement environmental lawyer from the DOJ, Jeffrey Clark, who drafted a letter off the charts on December 28th. I want to write it again today that was sending to the officials in Georgia saying, declare a special session. If Brian Kemp won't do it, the governor, you just do it. And I want you to simply declare that the slate of electors that Joe Biden sent in isn't the real ones. It's going to be us. And probably one of the most remarkable things we'll hear today is December 27th, the day before, Trump is on the phone with these guys, with Rosen and Donahue, and tells them, just say the election's corrupt and leave the rest to me and my Republican friends. Are you sure he was on the phone? He was on the phone. (laughs) It was Mary Trump. There was a Trump on the phone. I'm not sure it was Donald or his Mary. That's going to be remarkable to hear that. Just say the election was corrupt. Leave the rest to us. Of course, it conjures up the whole thing with Zelensky in Ukraine. Just open investigation and leave the rest to us. That's mm-hmm. his MO. Your uncle's a Well, actually, actually, Dean, back up. You, you're right. It's not open the investigation. It's announce it. It's, right. it's, it's in front of a right. microphone, right? That's It's always the presentation, create doubt, and then, then the mm-hmm. public will buy it. He's not ever trying to persuade a court of law. He was trying to persuade Mike Pence or the or someone else to just that the public will allow it if they believe the big lie. It's always just that's it. It is. Yeah. Don't do it. Where are you, Norm? Are you? 
I am in Brooklyn, of all places, oh. and I'm in a hotel. Um, we're actually doing, we did a program for judges uh, on uh, criminal justice and mental health uh, with a documentary that I uh, spearheaded called The Definition of Insanity. I hope all of you will oh, wow. watch. Uh, and uh, so this is the backdrop in a hotel room. Exactly what it is, I have no idea, but it beats an unmade bed. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, probably. It's uh, actually pretty cool. Uh, just a, a couple of points to make. One is, uh, remember that while all this was going on with the Justice Department, we were seeing something comparable with the Defense Department. And in this case, it was a success in removing officials who they knew would not cooperate with the plot and installing lickspittles who would. And it had two goals. One was to make sure there was no National Guard sent out uh, at what they knew was going to be uh, a riot at the Capitol and that the Capitol Police would not be able to stop them from going in and creating mayhem. The second was to make sure that if indeed the mayhem got worse and Pence was hanged and members of Congress were killed, that Trump could declare uh, the use of the Insurrection Act and have a, a, an acting Secretary of Defense who would direct the military to support his actions to bring about martial law. So the plot here extends even more widely. Uh, the second point is now that we know that uh, they've raided Jeffrey Clark and taken his devices, although, of course, they took Rudy Giuliani's devices like a year ago. I'm still waiting to see what happens with those. Jeffrey Clark is screwed. And as Mo Brooks was screwed. And my question is, who will be first in line to turn on Donald Trump to save his own ass? And will there be a lot of them in line? Uh, because you got a lot of people who are culpable here. And these are people who are directly in the room with Trump. It's not hearsay about it. And it will build even more evidence about the wide array of illegal and unconstitutional and unconscionable acts that this monster did to try and steal our elections and uh, steal our process. Of course, he now has a Supreme Court aiding and abetting so much of this. Well, and, you know, and also, oddly, a lot of the people who testified who, if he slithers his way out, they'll vote for him again, which is something I, I want to talk about later uh, yeah, because it is it is so important. We 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 understand what that means. Um, now, obviously, every single one of these hearings is is important. And so far, I think, uh, with the exception of the first one, I think, because I think we're all very nervous about it. So we all sort of jumped the gun and, and judged a little bit <laughs> too soon. But um, generally speaking, they've been they've unfolded Im impeccably. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think one of the um, reasons today today's is is important is because it's the first time we're talking about an entire institution. Yeah. Um, and I'm curious, you know, I, Norm, I think it would be interesting if they make the connection to the defense department. I don't know if they'll find it relevant, but Dean, right? Like they, they're, we've been talking about individuals. We've been talking, I mean, in some ways we've been talking about the institution of the electoral process, but we're talking about an institution 
within yep. his own, uh, within the executive branch that he was trying. Hey, George. Hey, Mary. Welcome. First time. Good to have you. Um, so that, that this is the first time they're t going to lay out just how dangerous that aspect of it is. It's not just a bunch of individual people. It's, right. an, it's the DOJ from the top down. Don't bother me, Mary. I'm on the phone. <laughs> Who's Mary talking? Donald Trump? Put, put them on hold, please. That's older than mine. That's not fair. Yeah, All right. Mine's a rotary you know, dial. What Norm said, though, about Donald being involved, today you're going to hear so much about it. There's no more the buffers, like in The Godfather. Yeah. We had buffers in the Corleone family. Well, they're gone because yeah. Trump was panicking. We were getting close to January 6th. And that, in the screenplay, was the, the deadline. So this is why Trump is on the phone December 27th directly to Rosen and Donnie going, just say election's fraud and leave the rest to me. And then you have him meeting January 3rd for three hours in the White House. We're going to hear about that today with Rosen and with Engel and with Donahue for three hours. And they're essentially, Rosen is saying, if you fire me now to put Clark in, the heads of the DOJ are all going to resign. A three-hour thing. So there's Donald Trump personally pressuring people. So there's no more plausible deniability. There's no did he, what did he know, what did he not know. Donald Trump was involved in all of this. This was a Donald J. Trump production from beginning to end. And from the bucket of crimes from behind the scenes coup to the bucket of crimes on January 6th, where he called the supporters there. I think January 6th was his backup plan. If the legal coup behind the scenes didn't work, the last, the last hope for him was sending those people down there going, we're going to live with the president for four years and didn't win. We're just not going to let that happen. It's the exact words. There was no yeah. way not to let that happen without violence at that time. So we, we also know that this didn't start after the election. This was a plot that was moving and in place long before. Trump said, in effect, just as he had in 2016, if I lose, the election is corrupt. And they were planning all of this. He knew full well where it would lead. He tried to make sure that they would limit uh, the amount of voting by mail, but also make sure there was enough of it that there wouldn't be an announcement in many states on election eve so he could declare that these were illegal votes cast. This is a long-standing plot and not something that came up spontaneously after the election. And it is, uh, it's mind-boggling to see how evil uh, everything was. It is. And, and in talking about all of this, you know, for a stupid person, he's actually quite wily about certain things. Like he's very yeah. good at cheating and yeah. setting that up. But uh, I think we're they're probably starting soon. But, George, in, yeah. in, in listening to these guys talk about uh, the, the machinations and what was going on, I'm thinking this started with Comey. Right. This started when Donald fired Comey for yeah. for no cause. Right. And that's move out the all reasons. obstacles, move the obstacles out of the way. You know, um, and do my, create a pathway, pave a road that is smooth, that, that, that is going to be smooth for his bidding. You know what I mean? Didn't he say that he liked it acting people yes. in an acting position because they're yeah. more pliable? They want to impress, you know, yeah. dear leader. And, um, you know, there's well, the also just there's quickly, that. It's, it's a way also to avoid confirmation hearings. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it, it is when you think about it in those terms, right, it's, this has been going, it's probably been going on since 1948, but um, at least in, for our purposes, this has been going on since the first time he accused, 
he claimed that the Iowa caucuses were rigged against him mm -hmm. because Ted Cruz won. Right. Just but like think about but th think about that word rigged has been he planted that seed very early on. That word rigged. It's rigged. That's the the the, the repetition. Um, introducing that word into the lexicon, into our consciousness very early is very deliberate. Rigged. If it doesn't go my way, it's rigged. And yeah. I, Dean, I, uh, we're starting soon, but Jen just reminded us that Stand Back and Stand By was September 2020. So Absolutely. again, it wasn't, Absolutely. that was the first deliberate injection of, yeah, they, or threat of violence. And now there's right. extra security for the January 6th committee members. The select committee to investigate the January 6th Here we go. I can't tell you how many times I wake up in the middle of the night feeling completely overheated, either because I forgot to turn down the AC or because I'm just stressed and uh, it's really disruptive. And finally, I found a solution, a way to get much better sleep, and that is using chilly sleep. We know that based on science, the best way to achieve and maintain consistent deep sleep is by lowering core body temperature. Temperature-controlled sleep repairs muscle after a hard day's work, and it improves cognitive function, so you always start your day feeling sharp and alert. Luckily, uh, Chili Sleep makes customizable climate-controlled sleep solutions that help you improve your entire well-being with their Uller and Cube sleep systems that are hydro-powered, temperature-controlled mattress toppers that fit over your existing mattress to provide your ideal sleep temperature. These luxury mattress pads keep your bed at the perfect temperature for deep sleep, whether you sleep hot or cold. These sleep systems are designed to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and give you the confidence and energy to power through your day. Imagine waking up and not feeling tired. Chili Sleep can help make that happen. And I know because I've tried it and for the first time in a very long time, I think probably since uh, November 8th, 2016, I actually slept through the night and woke up not feeling completely exhausted. For an extra layer of comfort, they also make the Chili Blanket, the only weighted blanket that can also be paired with a control unit for the ultimate sweat-free sleep. So head over to chilisleep.com slash Mary to learn more and save 30% off the purchase of any new Cube or Uller sleep system. This offer is available exclusively for the Mary Trump Show listeners and only for a limited time. That's chili, C-H-I-L-I, sleep.com slash Mary to take advantage of our exclusive discount and wake up refreshed every day. Or look for the link in our show notes. Right. Oh my. Um, hmm, where to start? I don't even know where to start. Um, start at no evidence. <laughs> like over and over again. How many times do we have to hear it? There's no evidence. None. I do have a question though. Sure. Hey, um, with um uh and hi Brian. Um hi. with <laughs> with uh the his Donald Trump's Hi, adamant, adamant Hi, pursuit of um, this was it self-propelled 
largely or was it like Giuliani and who else was whispering in his ear that this was fake? You got to go after this. Or was it just self-propelled? Was it all him? And if it's not, all, or if so, yeah. it's all yeah. him. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, no it's, one's telling Michael him. Cohen, nobody does anything under Trump that Trump doesn't want done. Right. Well, what, I, what I would say is it, this is entirely because he's a sore loser and right. just yeah. couldn't grapple with the fact that he not only did he lose, he got trounced and Republicans mm-hmm. outperformed him, which Unless probably get, made him insane. Right. Unless you want what, to get into the nuance that he may, in fact, be two billion dollars in debt to Deutsche Bank and already netted one eighth of that off this lie alone. John, well, yeah. listen, he's always going to look for the grift in, in anything. The, the silver <laughs> lining is the grift. But I'm I'm also curious. I don't know that it matters necessarily, but who was coming up with this shit? Because some of it is just insane. Like the 200,000 votes in a suitcase. And there's That's what video, I mean. Like who's, and they're saying who's the video shows. This? Well, I think Donald I, I Trump know. pulled a lot of it out of his ass. I stood there and watched him well, in the Rose Garden and, and in the East Room. And he would pull fat. Nobody's there telling him anything. I, I remember asking point blank a question one time. And he just he just looked up. To, to and then came back down and came up with a freaking number that made no sense. Yeah, that, in my experience, that's <laughs> been Donald Trump. He'll just lie to your face and he'll figure he can smooth it over later. Well, you know, well, he's used Trump. to that with wives, children, and underlings. But Donnie was amazing hearing a man tell him no. I think that's yeah. a new one for him. But we know yeah. that Rudy Giuliani and Jenna Ellis and Sidney Powell and a bunch of others were sending him all kinds of stuff with these wild ideas. When you saw Rudy the other day say that they, uh, these two poor women were passing around thumb drives like, they, like it was uh, cocaine, uh, that's only one of the many things. And I've got to believe that we're going to find a lot of additional evidence of emails, texts, and the like that were sent to him. And then he just, you know, whatever stuck in his head, he repeated it and amp- and uh, exaggerated it and amplified it. Well, yeah, yeah. And Mary, you know this better than any of us here. But Donald Trump is an expert at uh, going after and encouraging the darker side of human nature, you know. Really? And so he and he so he he finds people like Rudy and others who will play to that and and he encourages it. And so, sure, they came up with stuff, uh, but I, I, I have to go back to what I know from the White House, and it was what Bill Shine said to me. He goes, there's no move that's made here that Donald Trump doesn't know about, and we're just here to clean up after the elephant. This is Donald Trump. <laughs> what, was, is- what was the admission the other day? We have... We have no theories. evidence. We just don't have any evidence. It's we have Giuliani all Giuliani said it himself. So you yes. just go and find the craziest piece of evidence to bolster your theory. I mean, give the man what he wants, hard. Rudy. Give the man yeah. what he wants, Rudy. But that and that's these guys, exactly- yes. Yes. these guys the said it over and over. These guys said it over and over just now. Like no evidence. None of this is based on fact. Over and over again, we heard it repeatedly over the last hour. But the the importance of making it clear that people were doing his bidding not 
people were convincing him of something, right? Because right. this, and this is right. the thing that that we're seeing more and more as these hearings unfold. And I don't know if it's because they're just finding their stride or it's because they're getting more evidence, right? We know that they have to add hearings because they have all this evidence pouring in. But these people, as we said at the beginning, they are not pulling punches. And I don't know if I'd ever heard any of, of the committee members say as explicitly as Liz Cheney did today that Donald Trump was orchestrating all of this in no uncertain terms. There's no equivocation here. And, um, you know, think about it. He picks people. Uh, this always shocks me. There are people in the world weaker than Donald Trump um, or people just as craven like Rudolph Giuliani. So Jeff Clark wasn't a mastermind. He he just saw that he could get Donald Trump's attention. And for reasons that beggar the imagination, that's something that he thought was worth having. Uh, so he was going to do whatever. Uh, I do wonder, I mean, somebody must know this. Why wasn't he fired? Uh, Rose's his boss. And he's he's basically um, committing, what's that word? Mutiny uh, or something. Uh, that's not the word, but you know what I mean? Mission, treason. No, no, but like yeah, he's not even asking his boss permission. He's he's oh, going Clark. against his boss at every turn, and yet he's still going to the office. Thank you. I that is there's one, there's yeah. one uh, interesting element with Jeff Clark. That we remain to see. He's fucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that a legal opinion, this Norm? Guy, in in this technical guy terms, yeah. punches. for a significant jail term. Yeah, and they're going to try and turn him. Oh, and they'll flip him in a he, has, he was in the room with Donald Trump. He was privy to a whole lot of conversations, very likely that said, we know that this is, you know, he did he lost, but we're gonna find a way around it. And you're the guy who's gonna do it. And if he turns on Trump and Mo Brooks turns on Trump, then we go even beyond the smoking guns that we already have. I mean, I think, you know, when Trump says, uh, we don't need you to do anything except, uh, you know, give us uh, the cover to do what we want to do. That to me is a smoking gun. Yeah. It's not, he right. knew what was going yeah. on, but you get people who aren't involved in hearsay or where there's no ambiguity turning mm -hmm. on him and the, the evidence mounts. I don't know how they can avoid prosecuting him if they are able to get even more. I, I think that's, I think they're setting it all up for the prosecution and, and the fact that, that the allegations and the, and the uh, illumination about what Jeffrey Clark did came today after the raid mm -hmm. tells you that one thing that there has been one question that has definitely been answered by today's actions. And that is the department of justice has an investigation. They mm -hmm. haven't handled a grand jury. We don't know what the hell they're doing, but Jeffrey Clark, I, I, I want the over under on how quickly he'll be indicted and flip. Well, can I just jump in on two things? I don't I don't see why Clark would flip if Trump were smart enough to pay him first. But then again, Trump isn't sorry, Donald isn't in other words, if there's a payday waiting for someone, it's only a couple of years in jail. Wait, when does Donald pay anybody? That's yeah, right. yeah, there you go. <laughs> and but but as you know, I think the smoking gun point is really important. Some folks on Twitter are responding to my tweet about it saying we already knew this. But we didn't have someone say it under oath. That's right. There's a big difference. And I don't remember the lead in where he said we can, the Justice Department can't just flip a switch. I don't remember ever hearing that part of it. And again, seeing the contemporaneous notes, hearing it under oath is different than a reporter. I think we just need to say that because I find it so annoying when people say I already knew this. I'm like, yeah, right. did you hear Donahue testify under oath? No, you didn't. So right. can, can I say two, 
can I say two things real quick? I think it's it's really damning for Donald Trump, precisely for the reason that Jen said that we're having Republicans make the case against Donald Trump for these past five hearings. Right? These are Republicans. That was that was Judge Lutig, a conservative. This yesterday was Brad Raffensperger, Secretary of State. Today was Jeffrey Rosen uh, and Donahue. Right? With damning testimony, literally yes. implicating Donald Trump as, like you said, Mary. Yesterday they kept repeating that Donald Trump was intimately involved. That's what they kept saying. Well, today. Uh, and he said he orchestrated it. And now point blank, Adam Kinzinger repeated again and again and again, the fact that it was all fraud. It was all BS. And nonetheless, he got him on camera saying that Donald Trump said, okay, you just say it's fraud and we'll do the rest. The second so point is I this... want to make, the second point really quick I want to make, which is I think very sobering that, you know, we, I mean, we have to, a lot to worry about, but just think about it. If the Republicans win again, right, we were so close to a constitutional crisis, because if not for Rosen and Donahue, right, who said, ah, this is too much. If he, if say a DeSantis or a Trump comes in and politicizes the Justice Department and puts in an attorney general that is willing to be like Clark and implement the scheme, it's a wrap. Yes. Uh, absolutely. Sorry, go ahead. Well, that goes okay. down to the down county stuff too. Bowers, I mean, all the people that, uh, the simple fact that you had Moss saying she abandoned her job and that's not just a, that's not just a telling moment about Trump threatening people and forcing them to leave their jobs. It's a harbinger of doom for the midterm elections. If people as determined as Donald Trump to cheat, to win, take over those jobs, it's a wrap, Wodge. Yeah, and we have a Supreme Court that's going to let them do anything they want. Uh, that's too. right. As long as they um, have guns. That's a conversation I mean, for another all time. Of this but yeah, absolutely. I thought it was amazing that Donahue testified four years into the presidency that he had to explain really clearly to the president who was maybe hearing it for the first time that the Justice Department doesn't exist to follow him around and empty his ashtrays. Like, really? <laughs> You're the first guy who told Barr him would that? never say that. Well, I mean, who else was going to? Uh, what's his name? Uh, yeah. Beauregard or the other guy with the... They kept saying there was going to be an adult in the room. There was only an adult film star in the room. Only an adult film star in the room. No (laughs) adults. Isn't the bar so low for heroism? If you think about it, these Republicans are such heroes. The fact that they came out now four years later and only when compelled under a subpoena are telling the American public everything that they should have said publicly a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. I absolutely I have a question, though. Um, and that is that's been true up until today with anybody who was in the administration um, or, you know, in Donald's orbit. But could, can DOJ officials speak out about these things in real time? I mean, I think they could have all resigned and done something, but then that would have put Jeffrey Clark in charge and that would have had a whole different. So are they kind of exempt from from that charge, even though it, it applies well, they, to pretty much else for not that? talking, Mary? They, the, it, in the past, and I've had sources in the DOJ for years, they choose not to to protect their, you know, protect their investigation. They won't even confirm they have them. So for a DOJ member to come out and say these things publicly would be so antithetical to the way the, the process works inside the DOJ that it would be rare if ever it would happen. Well, but also, regardless- I have a news flash for you. I just got an email from the Trump people were replying to the, the uh, thing today. The, the golf balls are now half price. So oh, fabulous. John, let's 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 all you guys. Let's. 
I, anyway. I keep wondering what's Yay. what's going to make Merrick Garland angry enough to tear the tassels off his loafers here. When he was <laughs> investigating Oklahoma City, when he was investigating the Unabomber, there were no leaks and there were 100 percent convictions. So like all of you, I'm tired of assuming he's got this under control. But we saw no accountability for Iran-Contra or the Iraq war, hopefully finally here. I hope you're right. Part Thank two. you, Mr. Chairman. Have you ever heard of data brokers? They're the middlemen collecting and selling all those digital footprints you leave online. They can stitch together detailed profiles, including your browsing history, online searches, and location data. They then turn around and sell your profile to a company who delivers you a targeted ad. It's not a big deal, right? That happens all the time. Well, you might be surprised to learn that these same data brokers are also selling your information to the Department of Homeland Security and the IRS, which sounds kind of terrifying to me. I, for one, don't want the IRS showing up at my door because of some search I did on my phone. So to mask my digital footprints, I protect myself with ExpressVPN. One of the easiest ways for brokers to aggregate data and tie it back to you is through your device's unique IP address, which also reveals information about your location. And when you're connected to ExpressVPN, your IP address is hidden. That makes it much more difficult for data brokers to identify who you are. ExpressVPN also encrypts 100% of network traffic to keep your data safe from hackers on public Wi-Fi. That's why I have the ExpressVPN app downloaded on all of my devices, my phone, my iPad, my computer, and even my home Wi-Fi router. All I do is tap one button to turn it on, and I'm protected. It's that easy. So make sure your online activity and data are protected with the best VPN money can buy. Visit expressvpn.com slash Mary right now and get three extra months free through my special link. That's expressvpn.com slash Mary, expressvpn.com slash Mary, or look for the link in the show notes to learn more. Okay, so that was the conclusion of the fifth hearing of the January 6th Select Committee. Uh, joining me for a post-hearing analysis, George Han, Gentaug, Dahlia Lithwick, Brian Karam, Wajhad Ali, uh, how's your car? Charlotte Clymer and John Fugel saying, um, wow. Uh, big wow. Big wow. You know, it's I, I'm actually relieved that that this hearing wasn't as emotional because we can take only so much this morning with SCOTUS rulings was bad enough I think it was good to kind of step back and and have a very cut and dried presentation of this almost unfathomable attempt to corrupt the Department of Justice um, to do everything in his power, Donald's power, to overturn the results of a free and fair election. Um, one thing, and this is a question I've had earlier, pe people were really still trying to uh, 
speak to his his better angels or whatever the expression is. I mean, to say what do what do you have to lose? Well, this would be terrible for the country. Who he doesn't fucking care, you know. So it's sort of interesting. You know, it'd be bad for your honor. He doesn't care. He wanted to stay in power. Uh, but that that sort of bizarre naivete aside, uh, and it wasn't just these guys. A bunch of other people have been saying. They were shocked by certain things he did. Instead of calming down the situation, he poured gasoline on it. No kidding. Um, this was this was one of I think the most uh, direct hits on yeah. any attempt to change the subject away from Donald's responsibility to make it seem like you know it's just Eastman and Giuliani and. Representative Cheney said it at the outset that Donald was coordinating absolutely all of this. So if anybody wants to jump in with uh, any... Oh, wait, one other thing, too, and I, I don't know if it necessarily matters, but we got to see some of the video of that just just so that the Italian thing, that conspiracy theory that was such obvious bullshit. Um I wish we had seen the video of the vote counting in Georgia uh, because there, there were so many lies about it. And I think just seeing seeing it would have would have made a really compelling case for just how um, despicable uh, and damaging the lies about it were, you know, that they well, were of course still getting fixed. So, you know, what? Said their car's still getting fixed. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Waj, unmute yourself if you have anything really personal to share with us. <laughs> well, my car is still being fixed. Pray for my car. I'm I think so that's sorry. what's most important. Oh, Not buddy. My car. Uh, but I do think, you know, when you talk about Italy Gate, there's a, there's a piece that I've always tried to bring up in my articles that people forget that Bill Barr, when he went and did a tour of Europe, he actually promoted this BS Italy Gate. It was in the New York Times and people always forget that he was part and parcel of it. So when people try to claim that he's a hero, like, you know, we discussed this uh, during the break, Mary. I really want to know how much Bill Barr really knew because he actually promoted it until it was too much for him. I thought today was a damning, damning day against Trump. The fact that you had members of the Justice Department, long-term conservatives, Rosen, Donahue, <coughs> Engel, repeatedly and consistently over two hours talk about how Donald Trump himself tried to pressure the Justice Department to promote what he knew was a bullshit conspiracy theory to implement his coup, the fact that they named names, the fact that you have Jeffrey Clark. Dude, lawyer up, Jeffrey Clark. You are effed. Uh, that's one. Uh, the other man, Kluklowski, uh, I think, was another person who better lawyer up. John Eastman, mm -hmm. uh, Rudy Giuliani, and then the capper at the end, the mm, chef's kiffs, that it wasn't just Scott Perry who went for the pardon. The names that I got, and please fill me in if I'm wrong, Gates, Brooks, uh, Green, um, uh, Gomert, Perry. Perry. Biggs, Jordan, Gorm, uh, Jordan just asked if it's on the menu, he may order it. But <laughs> there you go. Right. I, I don't know if I really want it yet. Gomer, uh, Perry, Green, and, and uh, Brooks. Yeah, and, Jordan, so, I mean, Jordan that was just wanted to hear the specials. And, yeah. and the last thing I'll say is they've, you know, hats off to them for the, the committee for the way they've orchestrated it. Very strategic, two hours tight. Each testimony has been slam dunk, in my opinion. They're building a case. They're building a narrative. And the fact that they left it on this beautiful teaser, right? Oh, but, oh, but by the way, mm -hmm. uh, here's, yeah, a video of, here's a video of Republicans telling you other Republicans who asked for the broadest pardons on earth. Because, you know, 
that's what a normal person does who hasn't committed a crime as for the yeah. broadest pardon on earth. And oh, by the way, see you next time. Bye. Right. Yeah. And and it's it's not it's not surprising at all that Matt Gates would basically be asking a pardon uh, for everything he's done since since he was conceived. Um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, his parents may have won a pardon for that conception, but that's another story. They, sh they shouldn't get one. Um, yeah. So. Um, I think there's one thing that we can't we still really have to underline. These are, you know, these are Republicans trying to get yeah. rid of the poison of the Trump era. They're trying to excise this cancer with the assistance of the Democrats, hoping to return us to some kind of uh, norm. We've seen what they they've outlined the charges against the president that they're seeking conspiracy against the United States. They had Jacobs on who talked about the real principles of the Republican Party, smaller government and originalist thinking in the Constitution. Everything that they've done, th none of this has been left to chance. I think this is probably one of the best planned hearings I've ever seen in my lifetime, much better than, than the, I mean, I, with Watergate, it was almost a shock every day, and it was ongoing, and I remember watching those going, okay, get to the point, get to the point, get to the point. These are mm -hmm. staged, well-manufactured hearings with an end, end game in mind and that end game, and I think it will happen. I think uh, Donald Trump will be indicted. I don't think there's any doubt that his stooges will be indicted. Mm -hmm. Right now, his home was raided, folks. The last time that happened, that's a, it's such a rarity to have someone's home raided. Michael Cohen was the exception. Now you've right. got assistant but, AG. He's right. going Damn. And that's that's great. That's great. But I, I'm a little skeptical about Donald. Yeah. I hope you're right. I but it's not going to happen anytime soon. So let's be clear about that. I think it the earliest is next spring. Um <laughs> how I'm glad you brought this up though, Brian, that these are people who are trying to uh excise the rot, the cancer, uh the Donald cancer at the heart of the Republican Party, blah blah blah. But not you, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but, you know, that's, that is something purpose. that is something devoutly to be wished. However, well, what do, uh, what do the lawyers have to say? Sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. What, uh, what did the lawyers have to say about the indictments, Jen and uh, Dahlia? Let, let me just finish my thought, and then I definitely want to get uh, their, their reaction to that as well. Um, that these guys, and I don't know, I don't know what they would have to say. Um, but we know that these, some of the people who testified the other day who were incredibly compelling and, and, you know, were, seemed to be on the right side of everything and, and, you know, understood the threat. They're going to vote for Donald if he's the fucking nominee in 2024. What does that tell us about the lack of seriousness, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, behind, you know, their, their, pretense of trying to save democracy so jen dahlia uh did brian leave because, <laughs> because you heard his feelings mary i didn't mean to i was just i was talking too much so i was gentle giant <laughs> anyway i think he'll be fine and hopefully he'll come back but uh jen dahlia whoever wants to take this first uh yes what are your thoughts about uh potential indictments and <laughs> what are your thoughts about the way these uh Republicans, uh, just no matter what, seem to be totally against American democracy. Jen, did you want to go first? Uh, I, I mean, I would just say a couple things. One is, I think 
And we said this in the last break. Today, I think, was devastating for Donald Trump. I mean, I just think you have contemporaneous evidence given under oath from people sitting in the room. And this is really different from the last couple of days where it was, ha ha, Giuliani directed this, Jenna Ellis did this, you know, ha ha, John Eastman did this. This is Donald Trump directing it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, to the extent that Jeff Clark was meant to be the guy thrown under the bus, I mean, I think he was born under the bus. I just don't think, (laughs) I don't think that guy has a chance, but I also don't think he looked like the great brain of this. The way sometimes you had the sense that John Eastman looked like the great brain. This was a guy who's just a stooge, who was the guy willing to like carry the water, but didn't actually want, you know, anything other than to be close to power. And so I think today is is just a like a complete shellacking uh, for the president, former president. And I guess the other thing I would just say is just apropos of what you just asked, Mary, I'm so struck by the way that, you know, the testimony earlier this week, yeah, you know, he sent mobs to scare my family and like have pistols and people with militia insignias on my street, but I'd vote for him anyway. While my right. daughter was dying and While my daughter was dying mom. and my wife was terrified. I think today was exactly the flip of that. I think you heard from a bunch of very serious, very senior DOJ people who basically said, This guy was a complete and total clown show. And that the idea that, you know, what we heard earlier in the week, that he was just juvenile, but I'd vote for him again. No, today I heard this was a menace. This was a threat to constitutional democracy. And I think in addition to sort of the conversation about, you know, his his legal liability, I think the more interesting thing is the political liability, because I think today was an absolute gut punch for all of those people who are like, yeah, he was a little goofy, but, you know, he didn't do any harm. Today seemed to signal to me that, holy hell, these people thought he was capable of tearing it all down. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you think... Uh... Dahlia, and then Jen, I want to get to you. Um, do you think that indictment in the non-technical sense will redound to other members of the Republican Party like the DeSantis's and the Hollies and the Cottons who, well, not DeSantis because he's a governor, but clearly has supported Donald until recently and he sees his, op- his own 2020-24 opening, but uh, senators and, and Congress people who were all in <laughs> on the big lie and all in for overturning. Can we hope that much? I actually think they're all going to be, the more Trump himself is on the hook for it, the less they are on the hook for it. And I think that politically it redounds to all of their benefit. That's what I worry about. Um, Okay, Jen, your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, picking up, I mean, guys, there's my, you know, my legal analysis and the political, I'm going to start with the political where Dahlia left off. I mean, we're hearing now, you know, the Kochs are supposedly backing DeSantis. You see uh, uh, Mehmet Oz very cleverly in the primary, you know, welcoming Donald's support when he s- sort of skates through and gets just, you know, wins the, the primary. Now suddenly, who's Donald who? And so I think the real question is going to be between, you know, primary time and election, whether it's 2022 or 2024, how Republican candidates like DeSantis can be like, I'm the second coming of Donald, and then suddenly Donald who, right? And they're, because they have to, but they can't completely throw him under the bus because they don't want to lose in the general. I mean, it's going to be really 
interesting. And I, what I'm hoping is that your uncle is angry and vengeful and ruins their lives and 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 throws them under the bus somehow because he's going to be so angry that they're not honoring him. But that's the only hope we have for not this helping revive, I think, some of those Republican candidates, um, just given how much the electoral system is tilted in an undemocratic way against us. On the legal side of things, so that's depressing, but on the legal yeah, side of things, you know, you is. just absolutely see the evidence of the conspiracy coming into place um, with Donald in the center of it. I mean, I, you know, we can talk about what we, you know, what we saw, we already talked about it earlier, but for folks who are just sort of tuning in, hearing, hearing Donahue, the acting deputy attorney general under oath say what he said, it has contemporaneous notes and there are many people in the room corroborating him, you know, saying, we said to, you know, this is, I think Clark was even in the room. This is when he, you know, he, he just, um, you know, he's so angry about them not believing him that this, that he really won. And they said, you know, we're not going to, the Department of Justice can't just flip the switch and say you're the winner. And he said, I'm not asking you to do that. Um, just, you know, say there was fraud or whatever he says, and uh, I'll do the rest. Me and the and Republican members of Congress. Are those the same people who are seeking the pardon? You know, what's, you know, so this is, we know, we hear, we have this under oath, we have the contemporaneous notes, we, this is the direct evidence the committee is promising, you know, now, unlike a couple of days ago, you know, with this, I feel like there's enough to indict him, um, both in Georgia and Fulton County, um, mm -hmm. and at the DOJ, but, but, you know, that's not going to happen in terms of timing. That I think Fulton County might happen in you know next month. I don't think the DOJ is going to do this yet. I don't think it's any indictment of Donald would happen until 2023 after we get that's right the uh, oath keepers and so on. Yeah. Uh, so Charlotte, you and I spoke uh, after uh, last hearings about the um, horrific idea that. Um, that this will benefit the Republican Party, <laughs> uh, yeah. which is so unfair, um, really. And it does make me wonder about what the fuck time we're living in right now, um, considering how enabled he has been. Um, but do you think there's uh, anything that's happened so far that points to another way out? Um, because again, it may not be jumping out yet, but it's so obvious that it wasn't just him. Yeah. So, I mean, let's be clear here. 95% of Americans are not going to watch this hearing, right? In fact, way more than that. In fact, I'm actually being well, 20 million, there. 20 million is more than we're watching the entire, 5%. Watching, yeah, like, okay. the bulk of the hearing. So we're looking okay, for right. those little bits of the testimony that can be put into people's living rooms and attack ads, right? Richard yeah. Donahue talking about how he stood in the Oval Office and told Trump directly to his face that this was unacceptable and that the Justice Department would resign in mass if he tried to install Clark. That is the perfect soundbite. Cut 30 seconds of that and played that endlessly all through the midterms. Do yeah. that, exactly that. And I, I, I guarantee that would be compelling. I really hope the DNC is currently just putting a ton of money into those kind of attack ads. That would be the smartest way to go forward. 
Yeah, and and along those lines, George, um, how about just an endless loop of all of those uh, Congress people who, I mean, I think it should be enough to condemn them, condemn them that they voted against certifying the election, but that's just me. It's like 150 of them. But mm-hmm. having the video of people saying, oh, yeah, that one asked for a pardon, that one asked for a pardon, and Kinsinger saying only guilty people ask for pardons, right? Well, that's just, that's all porn for me. I mean, I could watch that on a loop. And well, that's the idea. Right. Get it on um, a loop. But clearly what excites me about getting rid of him doesn't excite enough people. But I am on the same page with you, Mary, about getting, how do I want to put it? I will get excited. We have We have been teed up so many times in the last few years to get excited that something's going to happen. And then it's just, and then it's just like a real sort of like boner killer. Like, really? That was it? You know, um, I will get excited not just when I see him in cuffs. I'll get excited when there's, an, when there's a conviction. That's when I'll get real, like, wh- call me then. Yeah. And then I'll get on the cheerleading team and I'll throw, I will cater the shit. Like, I will throw that party. Um, right, because be I think you and I, I, you are, I think, very much on that page of like, I'll believe it when I see it because he's like eluded so much. You know, he's yeah. a sneaky, slippery, you know, all of that. And also, someone else earlier brought up, you know, these are Republicans saying these things. These are Republican witnesses. That matters. That's huge. That's not nothing at all. And also, clearly, um, professionals, experts, career public servants who were transparently just so exasperated with this guy. You know, the way they described, you know, them just sitting there around a table on a speakerphone call and they're just looking at each other like, can you fucking believe this guy? Talking about like putting a moat on the other side of the uh, of the wall with alligators in it. And they're all just going like, what, what is this? You know, and they're, um, the adults in the room clearly were in no mood to tolerate much more of them. So there's that. And also... The, the the evidence, the uh, the uh, documents and the testimony presented here is so exquisitely presented, yeah. I got to say, in these hearings. Yeah. Um, I'm not one to watch this kind of stuff. Like, I nod off. I get bored, whatever. Like, we're just all of us here today. I'm just watching it, like, you know, reaching yeah. for popcorn if it were there. This is yeah. huge. Riveting. Yeah. And um, so they're doing uh, – uh, this committee's doing a really well – a beautiful job presenting all of this. But back to, as you said at the beginning um, of this, I'm a real, I'll get excited when I see cuffs and a conviction. That's, you know, I'm going to temper my excitement for, you know, until I see any of that. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. Yeah. Well, listen, we have to be realistic um, because as you mentioned, nothing's happened yet. Literally nothing's happened that all of these people roam free uh, and are continuing to do massive amounts of damage. And, you know, it's interesting, John, it's it's like the the window keeps moving um, because, you know, initially I would have thought, all right, if this hearing, if, if this committee can make it clear that Donald was responsible, then it follows that the Republican Party is because they supported yes. him at every turn. And let's be yes. clear, I know that there are issues... I, I think that one of the reasons that Ginny Thomas hasn't been subpoenaed is be, probably because of at least Liz Cheney. So they do have to walk a line and compromise, unfortunately. However, 
neither Cheney nor Kinzinger has pulled any punches. They are going right after their colleagues. And yet I am continue to be left with this sinking feeling that the Republican Party itself will just turn around and say, uh, it was it was him. It was Donald. Uh, And, you know, we're going to we're going to turn America into a theocratic apartheid state with the help of the Supreme Court. Yes, a uh, theocratic state, uh, but without any of that pesky Jesus teaching. They, they finally <laughs> <That's right. laughs> perfect Christianity. You take all the Christ yeah. parts out of it. Um, you're right about this. Now, let's remember when we were warning these folks that Bush and Cheney were lying them into an unwinnable war in Iraq and had economic policies uh, that would cause uh, terrible, terrible effects on the American people and the world economy. When we were telling them that Bush talking about the ownership society and getting Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac to loosen up all these mortgages was going to cause a housing crisis because they were pushing mortgages on folks who couldn't pay them. They hated us. When we warned them about Bush and Cheney, they hated us. When we were proven right about all that, they hated us even more. Yep. When we warned them about Trump, they hated us. But then something funny happened. Trump told them everything we told them about Bush and Cheney, that they were robbed, that they were swindled into this war, that the war was a racket. And suddenly Trump gave them permission to face the truth that they had been wrong. There was no come to Jesus moment, no humility. Suddenly Bush was persona non grata. They were always anti-war. They were never for the Iraq war. They even believed that Donald Trump had opposed the Iraq war. So we shouldn't be shocked that while we're still here talking about Trump's crimes, they've already moved beyond it. Dr. Oz has taken all mention of Donald Trump off of his social media and his campaign website. Uh, The Kochs, of course, have already moved on. I'm not holding out any hope for Donald Trump to ever be in cuffs. I don't think that will ever happen. His penance will be shoveling money to defense attorneys for the rest of his lifetime. The only thing I want from Donald Trump is... And hopefully me, but that's a different issue. Exactly right. Hopefully shoveling money to you and your attorneys for the rest of his lifetime. (laughs) The only thing that that, uh, Trump can do of any value at this point to me is uh, hurt Ron DeSantis because of his fragile ego. But the very fact that Donald Trump sold his bribery money hole hotel in D.C. makes me really believe the grift is done in that regard, and he's not going to run for president again, which is tragic, as I've mentioned before. I'd love to see a man lose the popular vote for the third time. It's never been done. Only he has a shot. So, you know, today was very valuable, but at the same time, I have this creeping sense of dread. Last week, we were watching these hearings, and while we were all watching the hearings, um, the Supreme Court got rid of the separation of church and state. Today, we're watching the hearings, and while we're watching the hearings, uh, the Supreme Court got rid of states' rights regarding gun legislation, and the Supreme Court got rid of Miranda rights. You know, every liberal who was in a swing state who was too pure to vote for Hillary Clinton, we can thank for this 6-3 Supreme Court right now. And I sort of feel like while we're focused on what Trump did, the rest of these evil, fascist, godless, fake Christian motherfuckers are looking to the future, and they use Trump. They, are, they have discarded him like Trump discarding a wife. To me, the greatest value of this committee is not what they can get Trump on. It's can they prevent the next time this could happen? Because Trump is done like disco. That is such a good point. And Waj, I want to stay there for a second. Mm-hmm. When these hearings started, I believed that it was a forward-looking Endeavor, obviously, you know, holding Donald accountable, but 
making sure this kind of thing doesn't happen again. And I inferred by that <laughs> that um, the Republican Party itself was also going to be. And it does seem that, yes, both of those things were looking ahead. You know, they do reference the future elections. Um, and uh, again, they are perfectly willing to indict uh, Cheney and Kinziger, their fellow Republicans. Um, all good. However, what uh, I didn't see, it's not that I didn't see it coming. I didn't really think about it at all. Um, one of the great tragedies of having this having taken so long, and I think we understand why it did, is that um, it allowed too many people to move on and, and you know, have Trumpism survive Donald. Uh, they don't need him anymore, and yet it's the same movement with the same people who are going to keep doing any... And let's be clear, it this wasn't Donald's agenda. He didn't give a shit. He was going to do whatever he, he was told to do in order for him to have power and uh, to play at being president, right? Mm. So that's the only... Other thing, other than some some level of accountability, and you know, unfortunately, I, I'm not sure it matters if if uh, Donald is taken out of the equation by the you know third section three of the Fourteenth Amendment because I don't think he's relevant necessarily anymore. But um, the idea that, and I completely lost my train of thought because I was asking yeah. you a seven thousand part question. My apologies. I got it. I'm with you. Uh, okay, so just the other the the final thing though is that. They are setting up a situation in which um, the hearings won't matter. Like, they won't matter if, and again, this is the only way I think going forward they can in, in, a, in, an, in the future of American democracy sense, is if these hearings convince Democrats to start playing hardball, expand the Supreme Court, et cetera. So I, oh, but that's, but I'm just saying like, that's the only, that's the only way these hearings yeah. can be relevant in a way that will ch matter to our lives. Right. Well, or I mean, yeah. Right, so, you know, you I, I, I've said it before on your show twice and I'll say it again. I don't think the modern democratic leadership is built for this fight and made for this moment. Unfortunately, in this moment, we're facing a radicalized and violent a white supremacist movement that is playing for all the marbles. They believe that we are taking their country from them and they will take it back by any means necessary. I just released an article. I wrote it last night where I said the institutions will not hold. So politically, even, even with these hearings, even if we don't win the next election, this is what's happening very quickly. Democrats, uh, if they lose the House and if they lose the Senate, which is most likely right now, you're seeing the Republican Party purge pretty much anyone from their party that does not support the big lie. Dan Crenshaw, who is a hard right conservative from Texas, was accosted at the Texas GOP convention and called Ipatch McCain and a traitor. Why? Because he did not support the big lie. Mo Brooks, who wore Kevlar vest, and Ali Alexander, who organized the Stop the Steal rally, said he planned the Stop the Steal rally with Mo Brooks just because Mo Brooks later then said, OK, we got to move on. We can't support the big lie. Just lost uh, his primary and he's retired and he said the bad guys won well the bad guys have taken over all the institutions they're implementing a precinct strategy they have the supreme court i don't have to talk about it. you guys know what's happening and i wish i wish i wish this committee spends time investigating Ginny thomas and clarence thomas to make people aware 
about the ongoing threat of the Supreme Court. The Gallup poll just came out that said that it's the lowest approval rating in the history of their polling. We're only 25% of Americans believe in the, in the, in the Supreme Court, right? Not and now enough, you, yeah, yeah. And then you got, you got the House, which is being purged of Republicans, the Senate, which is being purged. And as we have seen that, if not for just a few people in the Justice Department, if there were Republicans there who, like Jeff Clark, who were the attorney general, we would have a constitutional crisis. Our de democratic election would have been usurped. There would not have been a normal, peaceful transfer of power. And Donald Trump would be president right now or it'd, be, it'd all go to hell. So what's stopping us from, let's just call it for what it is, right-wing fascism? And the only thing that's stopping us, Mary, that I see is if somehow Democrats retain the leadership in the House and the Senate, which seems exceedingly unlikely, thanks to what we've mentioned, history, trends, inflation right now, and the Electoral College, which completely screws the majority to benefit the minority. The benefit of the hearing, though, is, as mentioned strategically, and I hate, I hate that we have to think like this, is if Donald Trump, being Donald Trump, goes on an egotistical rampage against Ron DeSantis, whom he does not like, and chips away at him enough, and the GOP cannibalizes itself enough and that enough of the majority realizes the threat that they come out and barely give us the House and the Senate to stave this off. There's a lot of ifs there. And, and, the, and the final thing I'll say, which is why I'm, I'm, I am cynical and I believe that we're in some dark days ahead, is Ron DeSantis and other Republicans like, like Abbott have realized that Trumpism works. Trumpism will outlast Trump. There is no consequence to this. The base right. likes it when we're more cruel when we're more racist, when we believe in the conspiracy. There is literally no penalty to promoting the big lie. 103, 108 Republicans have won their primary since May, all support the big lie. So let's double down and triple down. And the problem is, is Ron DeSantis is far more intelligent and less self-destructive than your uncle. And, and more ideological. Dealing, and more ideological and also tied to the Koch brothers, he'll do the bidding of the corporations and he'll advance the populist agenda. You'll have the marriage between the money and the populist agenda. They'll come in power. You've seen Florida, and last thing I'll say, Florida and Texas, but specifically Florida and DeSantis is a great laboratory for people who are watching how Republicans will run the country. They will use and abuse the power of the state to crack down on all critics, on all corporations against Disney if they have to. So politically, we're effed, I think. But for history... For posterity, Democrats need to flex the majority and the power that they have for the next six months and fight fire with fire, put on the brass knuckles and punch the bully in the mouth if we have a chance to survive. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Okay, Waj, Waj, I, give me a reason to not go score some heroin and start smoking again. <laughs> I just quit smoking. I, know, I want Should a I start cigarette back up right again? now, and I haven't smoked in like 20 years. Because um, the majority, George, the majority, look, we have the majority. When the majority flexes, we win. Look at the school boards. When the majority shows up at the school board protest, we shut down the CRT bullshit. When the majority show up at the election polls, we shut down. When the majority votes, we win. The majority actually has the country, but the political ecosystem right now is being threatened by a radicalized minority that wakes up every day committed to this ideological zealotry. That's the problem. But absolutely. But another problem, Dahlia, is that how much does that matter if we're the majority, if our leadership isn't representing us? <laughs> because clearly, I mean, those, I don't think, the six of us are alone. We we kind of 
want uh, people to fight. We want our leaders to fight for us and for the future of our country and for our children. Uh, for I mean, basically, we're against everything the Supreme Court is trying to do in this country. So, but if our leadership doesn't get it, and again, I nobody can explain to me how that's possible. It's insane. You need to. You have to be brain dead, or or seriously mentally ill not to understand the threat that faces us. What the fuck, Dahlia? I mean, what what is it going to take? I mean, two things. One thing that I was, you know, the heroine seeking me, like right there with you, really, really yeah. want to develop a, a like very... It's just time to start smoking again. Yeah, yeah. A very dangerous self-harming habit tonight. But um, one, one, Please one don't other, do that. Okay. Just, yeah. just, just mulling. Um, but one of the things I really thought today, and I'm sort of sitting with it, and I'm curious what you all think, is today was kind of a two and a half hour infomercial for the independence of the Justice Department, right? Yeah. And that if I'm Merrick Garland, today was a great day because it really absolutely lifted up all of the you know, both sides have to adhere to these rules and both sides have to, you know, value these norms. And it was so interesting because so much of what Rosen and Donahue were saying is the kind of stuff that you, you know, that Merrick Garland says when people say, why aren't you pushing harder? And so I really am struck by how does this help that we just got two hours of why it's essential for the Justice Department to conduct itself as though it is completely unaware of the political world around it. And then I just think the other thing I want to say, just to sort of dovetail with what a couple of folks have said today, is I thought one of the most interesting moments was Kitzinger saying, this is going to happen again. Because it's really different when I say, <laughs> as mm -hmm. I've been saying on all of these conversations, they're setting up this independent state legislature theory. They're choking off the vote. They are literally setting up a situation in which the majority will have less and less electoral power. And everyone's fine with that. <laughs> they just want to put it on Donald Trump in January 6th. So to hear a Republican say, oh, no, this is actually all the blueprint to do it again. I actually thought was kind of a signal change because mm -hmm. if what he's saying is, oh, no, no, we don't want this to happen again. And the, this isn't just, you know, armed insurrection and death. It's stealing an election and not having a peaceful transfer of power. That actually felt to me like, huh, say that again. Mm -hmm. Say it twice. Yeah, say it a lot um, because that information needs to live outside of the hearings. You know, Brian Charlotte said earlier that, you know, fewer than 5% of the people in this country are, are watching these hearings. And that's probably true. Well, if it's the right that, five, if it's the right percentage, that's okay. Right now. I don't know about that. I, I don't know. know. Wait, wait a second. What, Brooks, first of all. Biggs, Jordan, Gomert, Perry, or Marjorie Taylor Greene walking through the halls of Congress. I think that they exposed them for who they were. If, if, Nothing else. I, I do think I, I agree with the infomercial part. Uh, infomercial. Infer, oh, well, you know what I mean. Infomercial. Okay. We know what you mean. <laughs> that, I agree with that part, but I think it's more than that. The timing of bringing Jeffrey Clark out of his house in his PJs and tying Pasty Boy down to the ground, uh, it cannot be overlooked. That doughy, pasty-faced little white boy ain't going to spend any time in prison. And, and today was a shot across the bow to Donald Trump, much as the Cohen 
when they did it to Cohen. This is not going to end well for Donald Trump. I don't think there's, uh, we've learned today that there is a Department of Justice investigation. There probably is a grand jury impaneled and they are being very secretive about it because when you go hunting for bear, you want to get the bear and you can't take a shot at the king as Shakespeare said, and you know, unless you get him. Yeah, right. that's where they're going with this. And all those other stooges are going to fall. And I, 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 I think Rudy and John Eastman, all of them need a new clean pair of underwear after the last few hearings. I don't think this ends well. I don't think Donald Trump runs for re-election. I think that the nation made a huge commitment to trying to secure democracy with these hearings. And it was the Republican Party who has done it because the Republican Party has moved very quickly in trying to make sure that they're divulging themselves of the poison of Donald Trump. I don't think that there's. But any way the, you can get any uh, any other way. It's that's so dangerous, though. I mean, I agree with course. you. But well, first of all, it's in a dangerous place. No, no, no. You can't walk up to the edge and not walk back. But that okay. So first of all, last I checked, Michael Cohen went to prison. Donald lives in the Oval Office as unindicted co-conspirator number one, and I don't think anything will ever happen to him uh, because, because of that. that. You're right. Um, okay. Secondly. This is sort of what we're 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 trying to figure out. I mean, it can't state, just right? be bad for Donald. We can't, you know, one of the one of the, Charlotte, one of the maybe unintended consequences of having mostly Republicans testifying is that we're helping the Republican Party uh sort of um sanitize itself and look at how many people are calling that's these country fucking republican party. heroes no that's country before party but, that's the democrats trying to exercise something the republicans won't do putting their country it's before back, the party. it's backfiring in the sense that that we're where we are because of this fucking republican party yeah we can't we yeah. can't let them then oh kurt awesome hi kurt welcome back hey. we're basically why you're you're here at the perfect time. My head is about to explode, and a lot of us are about to shoot up heroin. Like that's kind of where we're at. <laughs> I'm just gonna be edibles, baby. <laughs> so no, no heroin, but my head is about to explode because Charlotte. Um I, and I'm not faulting the the uh committee for this. It may just be an an inevitable consequence of of how they need to go about this, but I it is a huge concern. Donald's the bad guy. These Republicans who are testifying, even Mike fucking Pence, who's not testifying, they're the heroes. Whereas Donald did what he did because he was allowed to by an entire party from Mitch McConnell on down. What do we do? Here's what I really worry about right now. And I, I hate to be a Debbie Downer. I, I really do. Because I, I think that a lot of the testimony today was very compelling. It'll be very useful in mass communications in the midterms. What I worry about, though, is that if I'm an advisor to Ron DeSantis, I'm telling him he needs to reach out to Trump immediately, promise to grant any pardons he wants, uh, promise to uh, pay, all of all, pay off all his debts through Coke or whoever the hell, uh, and then also promise a House resolution to expunge or expunge whatever the hell it should be. You know, just tell him what you have to tell him to, like, remove the impeachment records or whatever. Basically, remake his reputation and let him retire in happiness if he throws his support behind DeSantis. That's what I'm worried about right now. 
after seeing all of that. And I, I know that it is that it is incredibly, you know, chicken, chicken little, the sky is falling, but it, but it's hard not to see DeSantis hard not to see DeSantis using this to his advantage after this testimony we've seen today. That's why did I ask you? Oh my god. Sorry. Because, I know. No, because it, you know what? That's that's although, Kurt, welcome. Um lots lots to catch up on. But let's stay there for a second, because Jen said this a long time ago, and I kept meaning to bring it back up, uh, and I kept I kept not, and I think it's because I, I don't want to. I I think I don't want to grapple with what Charlotte just said because if things played out the way they normally would, Donald would absolutely be our secret weapon <laughs> against any Republican seeking to replace him because his ego is such that he would rather, and we've seen this time after time, he was going to, he threatened to run as an independent if the Republicans didn't, you know, stop complaining about his violent insurrection. And guess what? They all stopped complaining about his violent insurrection. The only hope I have, Kurt, is that his ego is also such that the idea of doing anything to help somebody else gain more power than he has is yes. unthinkable, right? I mean, you know, hopefully. I've, I've watched all this and I've watched, you know, how Trump has reacted to it, uh, how he started shooting at Kevin McCarthy. Mm -hmm. And there is a part of me that wonders now if this makes the possibility that he actually tries to make himself the Speaker of the House much if, if that becomes much more viable with this all playing out you know th this is all happening in congress um he is thirsty for a perch thirsty for a, a power of position mm -hmm. and whether or not he ends up running for president whether he can all that who cares right now it, it's mm -hmm. more about the immediate present does this make it in his mind more likely? Listen, the Speaker of the House does not have to be a member of the House of Representatives. Sadly, uh, anybody not. Can be. I think that Kevin McCarthy, uh, I've said this for a long time, he'll never be Speaker of the House for a myriad of reasons. Right, uh, no way. The, how he has played the January 6th committee is just kind of that nail in the coffin, I suspect. Mm -hmm. uh, but I absolutely think that this whole thing and how it's played out makes it much more likely that, that Trump, that Donald will angle for something like that um, because it would then put him in, in a very unique position going forward. It would allow him to take control of all the congressional committees that want to investigate Hunter Biden, for example. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, 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 it would, it would be another wrecking ball. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I think that there, there's a part of him that just lusts for that type of chaos. Yeah. And yeah. by the way, he has an easy out here. Uh, just really quickly, Trump has an easy out here. He can always say that his health is, is preventing mm -hmm. him from running for president again. He's already yeah. set right. that up. That's, yeah. you know, well, that's all we have to do. Right. And then, and then, not only that, DeSantis can say, we want to make the entire 2024, a 2024 convention about your legacy. We're going to celebrate you the entire weekend. We're going to make you the greatest president of all time. There's no way with they the might though. The they Trump might, in exchange way. for him throwing his support. I've interviewed DeSantis. DeSantis doesn't give a flying fickle finger of faith about Donald Trump and won't lift a fickle finger of faith to help him. I don't know. Ron DeSantis don't know, is only about DeSantis. So for the right I, price, he'll do it. For the right price, no. He'll do it. I I I think at the end of the day, if 
because of these hearings, my, my point earlier about Biggs and Gates and Mo, my, my main man, Mo Brooks, is these people are now going to be poisoned, even in the halls of Congress. And th this is a type of poison and cancer that they started that spreads and won't go away easily. It's a stain that won't go away easily. So DeSantis will see it will be there will be too much of a downside politically. DeSantis, while he could get the Republican nomination, maybe right now he couldn't. But if he does, he's still got to convince Democratic voters, because guess what, folks? Democratic voters still are the majority in this country. And he's not going to have that crossover play if he bows down and kisses Donald Trump's ass. And I got news for you. Nobody wants to bend down and, and kiss his ass unless it's beneficial to them. That's why that's exactly why you saw Mitch McConnell do it, because that helped them get those people on the Supreme Court that they've been angling for for years. Everyone That's why we saw Rusty Bowers say yesterday that he would vote for Trump again. Yes, right. Nothing to say that he knows he won't have to support Trump again, but he's not going to piss off. <laughs> well, some of that you have to wonder if he said that so people wouldn't uh, storm his Bastille and you know call him a pedophile and beat the crap out of him. Exactly. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I I don't I don't think anything he says undoes his testimony. But John, I mean, what a part of what this reminds me of, uh, and I, you know, I'm not really sure. I mean, do, do, what's his name? Ron DeSantis is as narcissistic as Donald, uh, slightly but less smart. pathological, but yeah. Uh, but you know, I don't, I don't know where he draws the line. Um, but part of me wonders, you know, why, why can't we just, buy out, buy, pay off Mansion and Cinema to get them to do what we want them well, to do. Well, you know, that's my that's my whole plan. It's called Bribe yep. Back Better. because I think, We had that conversation a long time ago. Exactly. Yeah, bribe Back Better. do a better job than lobbyists at buying and paying for our elected representatives. Bribe Back Better really could work. Uh, you know, the fact is it's a cult of selfishness, which yep. means sooner or later, all these selfish people who band together in self-interest with other selfish people for their own self-advancement, at some point, they'll always turn on each other. It will happen. And I'm not popping my popcorn until Rudy and Trump turn on each other personally. But right. they will shed Trump like a snake sheds its skin and they'll move on. to As Barr did. And DeSantis. Yes. But Barr kept the door open and said he'd vote for Trump again as well. Of course. Will not suck up to Trump. He doesn't need to. He's going to get all those fake Christian voters, all the people out there who really think Jesus gives a shit about hating immigrants and putting women in jail for abortions and not liking trans children. All those charming true believers. While they're all they're, toting guns. They're, DeSantis mm -hmm. is going to have them no matter what. Mm -hmm. And by the way, once DeSantis gets the White House, being the doughy mediocrity that he is, uh, he's going to screw it all up, just like Bush and Cheney did. This is the cycle of my lifetime. Democrats have only achieved the Oval Office after Republicans have completely cocked everything up. That's the only America I've known. The two times the American people picked Democrats when things were going well was when the Electoral College said no. The American people picked Al Gore and Hillary Clinton, but the dead slave voters said no, you can't have them. Uh, Republicans have to destroy things before a Democrat can be elected. This is the cycle. And again, with these hearings and then with Joe Biden forgiving half the student loan debt in this country this fall and with the Supreme Court destroying women's reproductive rights, I hate and every other right, basically. If that's not, enough, if that's not enough to get folks out to vote this November, yeah, then, what, then, then, then who do we have to blame for all this malfeasance? Then what's, what is the point? But again, though, Jen, we can we can come out and in numbers 
you know, uh, Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton won by three million. Joe Biden won by eight million. Um, I think Joe Biden's electoral college margin was smaller than, be, you know, between him and Donald. It was smaller than the electoral co college margin, uh, not the margin of the electoral college count, but the votes in those three states. So, I mean, he he came like 44,000 votes away from losing an election. He won by eight million votes. So um, we do come out. And what worries me, and it, one, we are running out of time. We have never been in a situation it, because, you know, this is happening globally. Autocracy is on the rise. Autocracy has never been on the rise in in a situation in which America is also an autocracy. That that's game changing in my yeah, view. Some people thought that it was during the uh, World War Two era, and that it was uh, our, our wonderful president who couldn't get elected today because he was crippled. Uh, Franklin D. Roosevelt was an autocrat, and that there was that criticism of him during that during that fascist era. Listen, or, I, just, yes, I, I don't I don't disagree with you. I'm I'm just saying that it I, has been said before. <laughs> yes, and 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 this American South was a, was a closed fascist state during World War II. I get it, but there's a there's a difference between um, in how things are uh, how things play out. Like America would be a full on autocracy, fascist state, what have you. And and you know, I uh, what's his name? Roosevelt wasn't making common cause with Hitler. He was trying to defeat him. Yes, uh, Donald. I that might cheer you up, Mary. Good luck. Oh, well. <laughs> you know, the yes, has thrown. I'm yes, all ears, Jen. We have autocratic movements on the rise. Colombia just elected their first socialist. Unions are on the rise. Mm -hmm. If yes. someone like Chris Smalls can organize Amazon, people like him can organize voters. I yes. mean, we, you know, and so the question is, you know, what is enough? I think there's so much momentum. I think, you know, this is expression, ride the horse in the direction it's going. Mm -hmm. Whoever's organizing unions can organize voters. And I, we need to think about those ties and, and communities and figure out. And also the other thing I have to say is it's, you know, I know we're, there's, there's 20, there's not losing. Right now we're focusing on not losing the Senate and the house for 2024. The focus is, you know, and these are still similar, you know, it's Georgia, it's Michigan, it's Florida, it's, you know, it's Arizona, we know this. And so that's what, you know, we've got to really think about how we're, I don't know who the we is, but, you know, it's not going to be the people <laughs> in charge. It's just us. Anyway, what makes me more us. angry than anything the else are the text messages I got, like yesterday, saying, look, you know, some, such and such happened at the Supreme Court, please send us money. Well, fuck off. I'm not sending any money to the, I'm sorry, I, I am a you know Democrat, but I'm not sending it to the Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee. I don't know why I shouldn't be so hostile, mm -hmm. but I want to send it to, <laughs> I don't have that much money anymore, but I want to figure out how to direct it to get out the vote and tell me why, who needs money in their race? Tell me why they need money. Cause I'm not going to send it money to some pot somewhere. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what the de that's democracy angry. defense fund is all about. That's the only thing you want me to do. That's I a conversation. Yeah. What? I'll send it to you, Mary. Mary, yeah, I'll send it to No, not to me. Because that, go. please, let's not, not, to do, you, let's not get me in trouble. To, your, to the democracy but, defense fund. It's going to set up a Patreon. Come on, Mary. Right. No, we're looking that's at, we're looking at um, really key races 
um, that Secretary of State races, uh, flippable races, endangered incumbents. We're looking at every single race. It's it's to get money directly to candidates, to get money directly to organizations that are helping get out the vote, etc. Um, because it is, it's it's overwhelming. Um, but getting back to the idea of, well, let, let me start with this, George, this kind of feeling of cynicism. Mm -hmm. What is it going to take? Because listen, uh, I know that 8 million is a relatively healthy margin, but Donald got 12 million more votes in 2020 than he did in 2016, which it makes mm -hmm. me sick. Um, and the, the Biden administration, I've said this ad nauseum, I apologize for repeating myself, but it gets treated by the media and by the Biden administration, I think in some ways, as a normal administration that followed another normal administration. And really all we have to worry about is inflation and gas prices. Nothing could be further from the truth. Right. So what is it going to take, George? I mean, all of our rights are being <laughs> taken away from us by an illegitimate Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. And the Republican Party has basically, uh, thanks in large part to Mitch McConnell, um, has has committed crimes against this country that are unfathomable. I don't. OK, the short answer to your question, what is it going to take is I don't know. Here is what I would like to see. Here's what would really sort of turn me on. Yeah, um, well, that's I, that's actually the question because none of us knows. So, but right. yeah, what, what would you, turn me on? Would you like to see? Yeah, uh, I think we have a talent problem. Uh, we need some better talent on the bench. Uh, I need some. <laughs> what is? I haven't watched Drag Race in forever, but isn't it like charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent? We need a little more charisma, <laughs> uniqueness, nerve, and talent on the bench on the Democrats, and also it's disheartening. Um, you know, to have a team on the Democratic side that seems so often to be so impotent, you know, like if you don't, if you don't respond to the subpoena, then we're just going to get mad. Like, excuse me. And it just makes blowing off a subpoena or a request to show up for something like it's okay. That's, you know, one example of many one can get into, but it's, it's, it feels like, um, yes, we've got the white house and we've got this like barely existent margin in the house and Senate. But at the same time, I feel, um, it's hard to feel optimistic or enthusiastic. And I, I feel like I want something to get enthusiastic or happy about. Do we sell voting? Like, you know, from a purely a marketing standpoint, do we sell election day and voting? Like, just like, it's a hot thing to do. Like the, this yes. is what the cool people do. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know um, and, sort of uh, is the Democratic Party, this is this is where the cool kids are. I don't know how else to sell it. Like, this is what the cool <laughs> yeah. kids are doing. This, this is, is what, the, this is in your best right. to get turnout. When there's high turnout, Democrats win. When there's and make it And make it, like, make it hot. And also, the Democrats have always been, at least from where I'm sitting, and I could, someone could, you know, blow me away on this, like, um, it's always about we, us, our, and the Republicans are so I, me, mine. Like, get mm -hmm. off my lawn. Don't touch my stuff. You know, who moved my cheese? What was the title of that book? But like, <laughs> um, <laughs> and that, like, is that who we are? Is that who we want to be? Well, to a lot of us are, unfortunately. Right. That's the entire That's struggle. The 
history. That's the struggle of the entire history of this country. It's always been, right. we're all in this ver- together versus me, me, me. Why want what mm-hmm. I want? And I want right. it now. That's, right. that's so, why we have poverty. That's why we have privately funded elections. That's why it, it, lunatics are able to not have to reload inconveniently mid-massacre. It's all about the cult of selfishness. And I'm afraid mm-hmm. I do have to go because we're getting ready for the SiriusXM show tonight. I have but to go Mary, too, so. I want to thank you for having me on these. I have enjoyed these so much, and I have learned so much from your panels. I, I mean, the, the takes I get from the people you assemble is every bit as valuable to me as the testimony itself. And I can't wait to come back in July and drag this entire thing down to my level once more. Thank you, you, John. I'll talk to you soon. John, you're so great. He's so great. He's awesome. He's so fucking awesome. Um, Everybody here is fantastic. I'm learning so much too. And I I think that one of the frustrations here is it seems that, certainly over the course of my lifetime, there have been more people who who care about other people, who want more people to have the franchise, who want a better and more expensive social safety net, et cetera, and that, that mean, cruel, selfish, significant but minority of the country that Donald tapped right into because, it you is know, mean. that's it his is mean. jam. Yeah. Um, Kurt has gotten even though that's gotten smaller, the system is rigged in its favor. And that, I think, is one of the things that's so demoralizing because, you know, Joe Biden has done, has dealt with the the hand he was dealt unbelievably, in my view. Has he made mistakes? Mm -hmm. Sure. Who fucking doesn't? But, like, what does Donald have to offer? What does DeSantis have to offer other than more cruelty? And yet the Democrats are the ones who don't offer anything. It is kind right. of maddening, no? Well, this is the thing. I don't believe that there is a, a magical slogan or a even a, a marketing campaign that fixes this because, you know, it's so interesting being, being a former Republican, I can tell you. Our side never worries about our side showing up to vote. We don't need a reason. We don't need. But you also don't have to. We don't need any of that. We show up and vote. Like Republicans always vote, and 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 Democrats have to almost be. I feel like coaxed into it or motivated to. And I'm like, you know, if you're not watching what's going on in the world right now, whether it's the January 6th committee hearings, whether it's the Supreme Court taking away our rights piece by piece, if that's not enough to get your ass off the couch to vote. There's nothing I can. There's no slogan, no commercial, no magical thing that's going to change that. Uh, you know, ultimately, you always say in, in sports, like it comes down to who wants it more, and right. we have to make it a, a conscious decision as a society that we want a better world, and we are going to show up and vote for it. And if it if it really takes all of this effort to convince someone. To, to do the, the, the least amount thing, it is not hard to vote. In ter- you can vote by mail. You can, I mean, like we have all these things available to us to let us know how to vote now in America. It's a lot easier today than it was before. It shouldn't take a Herculean effort to convince our side to show up. It shouldn't take a Herculean effort to, to, to convince anyone that our side's better for a country than the other guys who want to burn everything down. And you know, that, that's what has me always pulling out my hair. Um, you know, it's this feeling that Democrats have to be coaxed into it and convinced with to beg them and, and plead with them, please show up and vote and save our country for yourself. 
It's like, help me help you. The only thing I'm asking you yeah. to do is vote. And, and the Republicans don't have that problem structurally or organizationally. Their side shows up every time. There is never a drop off in Republican turnout in elections at all. But there always is on our side. And, and, and it, it drives me crazy, Mary. I, this, I completely. This is a shorter version of what Kurt just said. Republicans who moved my cheese. Democrats. Oh, I'm waiting for the camembert. Like I'm happy <laughs> with the brie. I want the camembert. And like, until we get our camembert, we're not going to show up. Uh, okay. I, I think this is absolutely. And I'm lactose intolerant. Why are you talking about cheese? <laughs> <laughs> All right. She just, she, she wants the uh, Perrier Jouet Rosé Champagne. That's so, that's, that's what Jen's holding out for before she votes. No, but seriously, I think this is absolutely worth digging to, into. Uh, we're out of time now. The only thing I'll say as a slight counter to that, it's not that I disagree entirely, though, is that it is demoralizing that we have to show up in such greater numbers to get to parity. And yeah. I think that that's a huge part of the problem. So, uh, wow. What, what yeah. a day, <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, what a what a week, what a month. Um, and it's just <laughs> going to keep coming. I'm actually quite relieved we have a couple of weeks off because I think a lot of this stuff needs to settle. And, yep. you know, the media needs to do its part in, in disseminating all of this information. Well, every Capitol Hill reporter needs to track down the seditious six and ask them about why they want to part. That's what the media should spend the next That's two, right. three weeks doing. Absolutely. Um, so we're going to leave it there for now. Uh I'm going to forget somebody, but Norm Ornstein, um, well, I can just read your names, uh, <laughs> Kurt Bardella, George Hahn, Wajahad Ali, Jen Taub, Charlie Clymer, Dahlia Lithwick, and a couple of other people I'm forgetting, but who were awesome. John. Um, oh, Jesus. John John Fugelsang, uh, who knows a lot about Jesus. And Brian, you mentioned him. Um, right, yeah. So you guys... I, I, I'm right there with John. I learned so much from all of you, including him. Uh, he's being modest. He's a very smart man. Um, you know, I love the way that you all are coming at this from slightly different directions, but yet we're still pulling in the same, pulling in the same direction. Uh, and even though it's tough to consider the bigger picture, um, I so value being able to share this with all of you. Um, I hope you'll come back when the hearings resume and thank you for everything you do. You keep me sane. I admire all of you so much. Uh, and until next time, please stay safe. Back at you, Mary. Thank you for having thank all of Mary. us. So Absolutely. Much. Thank you. Once you incorporate Magic Spoon into your daily morning routine, you'll join me in noticing fewer cravings during the day and more energy to hold on to until lunch. Now's the time to start eating healthier, but you can't do that unless you can enjoy what you eat at any time of the day. That's why I recommend Magic Spoon. Also, Magic Spoon has zero grams of sugar, except for the honey nut flavor, which has only one gram just four net grams of carbs and 13 to 14 grams of protein in each serving. Magic Spoon 
also has only 140 calories per serving. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and low-carb. The best part is you can build your own custom bundle of your favorite flavors like cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, cookies and cream, maple waffle, blueberry muffin, cinnamon roll, and honey nut. And don't forget to mix them together to make your own perfect combination. Even more exciting, Magic Spoon just brought back their cereal bars. They were so popular that they've been brought back permanently. They're the perfect, convenient, on-the-go companion for your cereal. Magic Spoon products are great for the whole family. So go to magicspoon.com Mary to grab a custom bundle of cereal and be sure to use our promo code Mary at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in its products that it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash Mary and use the code Mary to save $5. Thank you so much, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. Oh my, what a day. Um, thank you so much for hanging out with us. I know it was a long one, uh, but this stuff is is vitally important. And I'm really grateful that you all were here. Thank you for to all of my amazing, brilliant guests. I really couldn't couldn't do this without them. Um, so again, we will we will start this up again when the when the hearings resume uh hopefully mid-july uh because of the timing of the hearings this basically was our show tonight so the next time uh you will come back is tuesday 7 p.m eastern 4 p.m pacific for the mary trump show strategy session that's at youtube.com politicon and of course next thursday we'll have our regular interview show 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, also at youtube.com slash Politicon. And while you're there, please follow Politicon, like the episode, and click the bell, because if you do that, um, you will be sure to be alerted every time a new video drops. And we're having more videos. In addition to uh, the hearings and the strategy sessions and the interview, um, I've got shorter videos coming out just as a way to kind of keep up with the, the insanity of uh, news that we seem to be dealing with uh, on an almost daily basis. And of course, you can listen to the show uh, in podcast form at Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen. Please give us a five-star review because it really does help other people find the show. Um, and that is it for tonight. Thank you so, so much for being here and for all of your great comments. Have an amazing weekend. We will see you next Tuesday. In the meantime, please stay safe and be kind.